Ed, do I have to call you a Rosklot? No. This episode of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast, is brought to you by Amasta Design. Servicing clients domestic and international, Amasta is here to help you through the different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to amastadesign.com. Amasta, spelled A-M-A-S-T-A, design.com. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based business that can help you print books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press, an eco-friendly printing company. Go to www.rollingpress.com. Roro Cakes, specialty baking, little bites of yumminess, and indulgences. Follow Roro Cakes at facebook.com slash rorocakes and place your order today. Last but not least, Pancake Studios cuffing your audio recordings, production, mixing, and mastering needs. Pancake Studios set at the heart of Brooklyn also happens to be the home of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. And when we started the podcast, Jonathan made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Whether you're a musician, filmmaker, working in media like podcasting, look no further than Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. Welcome back! <laughs> this is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. And we're going to have a lot of fun today. I am Miguel Alejandro Velez, one of your hosts. With cider in hand. With cider in hand. Uh, your other host is the lovely, the talented, the voluptuous... <laughs> Edward Ng. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was I'm flashing. sporting D cups. Is that, I, is that was, that's what you're saying? I don't know why. I've, uh, you know what? Because I've been on this. Ugh. I've been on the comedians and cars and coffee thing. But we'll oh, get into okay. that later. Right. And of course, as always, we are we are uh, broadcasting via the internet. Here, uh, uh, pancake the lovely studios. Pancake studios is one provided by Jonathan Vergara, that's producer. <laughs> and like, <laughs> if you if we were a comic book. Young young Jonathan would be a, one of our backup stories. It would be like featuring the adventures of Ed and Miguel. And Folks, like welcome to welcome and to Young John. And there's, that's, that's me. me. Welcome to summer of 2018 uh, here at uh, Park Slope, Brooklyn. And uh, you know the weather's been there. sort of like you know here and there. Um, uh, we've had thank God it's over though the, that big heat. Uh, the, the big the big heat that wave, we were having for know. like two weeks. Um, now that said, uh, on the way oh, over. Um, and we're not going to really get into it, but I just want to say that that Miguel versus the undefeated summer is a thing. And <laughs> okay. What I mean by that is, it's it's. Just... You said we weren't going to get into it, so we're not going to get into it. Uh, I will say this this much: um, uh, that undefeated line. I just I just realized. That I stole that from the the comedians and cars with coffee. Okay, all right. Uh, because it's a, it's a is... Kev, there's a Kevin Hart episode, and he's he's walking with Kevin Hart, and they're talking about how you know how bad it is, how hard it take, how how hard it is to make it as a comedian in L.A. and mm-hmm. all the problems of being in L.A. everything. And Jerry just goes to him and says, he says, you uh, there's nothing I can tell you about L.A. that you don't already know. 
He's like, you've done everything. He says, you know that you don't stick around here too long, how it eats. You know that you can't fight this town. And Kevin Hart says, L.A. is undefeated. L.A. is undefeated. And he was like, and Jerry was like, I like that. You're right. L.A. is undefeated. You notice, folks, how um, out of all the things on Netflix to talk about, we're not talking about Luke Cage. <laughs> Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how we're gonna do ten minutes. Yes. Ed, do I have to call you a Rosklot? No, but I'm just saying like <laughs> because you don't know what it is. No one does. <laughs> but I'm just saying that like you know uh, we I went through Luke Cage season two, and it has, it has some good things and good elements and and in certain moments. We got to do an expanded twelve, twelve episodes of it. I don't even think it's just John, unnecessary. John, we, we, the thing is, this is our uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp review episode, so we all went to see Ant-Man and the Wasp yesterday. Mm. 3D, and, baby. In 3D, 3D, which I actually thought the 3D was actually pretty well done, actually, believe it or not, in the movie. I thought it was it was better than most that I've I, seen recently. I did it because my son cl- wanted to do it. Yeah, it, it was clear and crisp and everything. But as we're going on there, I had already seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, but mm. I figured something to do, go with you guys to see it. a more critical uh, eye. Well, again, we'll get into that later on. Um, and while we were going there, we started talking about Luke Cage, and I am just... I don't know what's going on with that show. I don't know what what they are thinking in terms of its execution. Because one of the things that we talked about was it is a solid show on all the levels that should matter, I think. It's cast well. The The writing, the stories, the plots are solid. The characters are good. The actors are good. Oh, what's that? What are you doing? It's me, Bushmaster. Yeah, hey, Bushmaster. What going is on? going on here? You nothing, have a podcast nothing, show. No, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, everything is iry here. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> is your? Uh, we were. We were talking about uh, uh, Mariah Dillard. Stokes. Her name is Stokes. Yeah, thank you. Don't forget that, man. Okay, now, Bushmaster, I, I want you to leave the room. <laughs> And that's the thing. He is actually a really good character. The actor is good. He's charismatic. Um, that guy sells those action scenes. Like, dude, I said well. that the guy who plays Friday, Shades, yeah. Shades, that's an Emmy worthy uh, performance. And they did some Alfie good... Woodard. Yeah. Um, there's some really solid performances but all around. But twelve episodes. Of... I don't even think it's again. I don't think it's even the individual that that it's twelve episodes long. People I've... might hate me for Hold, saying this, yeah. but I I don't like the daughter. I don't think she her acting. She yeah, she wasn't great. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, We're gonna have three minutes of uh, that were of a featured like yeah. Ed, 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 can we do that? Can we can can we get Damian Marley on here to play something (laughs) for (laughs) for three minutes (laughs) and slow down the story even more? Because that's the problem. Every episode feels like a two-hour movie that not a lot happens in. Right. (laughs) Um, I don't know how... It's a shame because everything else is is incredibly solid, is incredibly strong. I want to love this show, but every episode... I want to love it. (laughs) Baby... Hey, Camera slowly hey. pans through the studio. <laughs> you can't show. You can't show some brothers some love. You can't show some brothers some love. You know, I, 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 I would, I would love to. I, th- th- that's the issue. It's the sort of like, I told you. What is one of the things was I got to episode nine. You're tra- not down I, with affirmative action. I was trying to. I was trying to knock out one a day. And then I found out that Glow came back, yeah. and I was like, the- "Thank God, let me let me watch Glow to actually be entertained." And not have to slog through the so we'll we may or may not get to talking about Luke Cage in depth, but 
We just this did. This is an issue. We just did. This is an issue with this. The Marvel with, TV with, stuff. With 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 with, um, with this show in particular, but yeah, at, as in a broader sense, what's going on with is, the Marvel? If someone television. asked me how, good I think that this actually is going to be an episode where people are going to, if there are any people who listen, people are going to say we're shilling against Marvel because I have I'm going to have some words. I have to have some words about this. Someone asked me how good is second season of Luke Cage. I'd say <laughs> it's not as good as the first half of the first of the season. first season. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, had so you're, you're, see, that's the problem why you couldn't be a professional reviewer, John, because that's like a math equation. I thought, <laughs> I thought. Now, someone wait, should carry carry the iron fists. The dividend of the defenders is is it me? But like, is I thought that um, prior to watching the second season, that someone had said, "Oh no, we're finally getting the Luke, uh, the the iron fist that we're going to get with the with the costume and the mask." My, we didn't get any of that stuff. Again, I, I'm you, only you didn't, episode, I didn't, I'm not up there. I'm gonna even re- reach that point. I'm only episode. Oh nine, well. So. Anyway, that's... so yeah, will yeah. Again, I get, you know when, uh, when I when I'm thinking when I, anyone asks me about Luke Cage, I'll say Glow was really good. So what do you folks, think of Luke uh, Cage? This is, this is... Glow was really good. <laughs> uh, I just want to bring up uh, this is what I have up here. Oh, uh, uh, why? Are, uh, no, don't tempered don't... glass uh, for your. Yeah, thank you. I'm gonna no fix one... your iPad. Thank buddy. you. I'm gonna fix no your one iPad. cares. Fix crap. No one cares. You will care after I fix your iPad. You I will care. Yeah, exactly. You I will care. care. You say this now. But I'm I'm doing you, know, you a favor. Other people are not on the, you know, out there are 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 to be. They up. care what we care. What we there, care about. There was We're not good line. enough at our jobs to do that. That's When they were sending <laughs> out all their minions to look for some someone. Someone's always looking for someone, right? We got to comb the streets. <laughs> there was a funny there was a fu- <laughs> there was a funny line though. It was like yeah, with, the, talk, with the amount of people we sent out and the money I'm spending, you know, we would have found Tupac already. Enough enough about Luke Cage. So this show is our uh, Ant Man and the Wasp spoiler but review. We, but but we, prior we to also that. have uh, 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 something to get into as a little side note. I don't. It's sadly I don't necessarily want to go super in depth into it just because it you know, but we lost. A great Huge giant uh, in the history of comic books. Um, you know, if he only did one thing, he'd still be a giant. But he he did not. He did some other things, and he was an interesting cat to begin with. Um, we lost Steve Ditko, uh, co-creator of uh, Spider-Man with Stan Lee, uh, age 90. Um, Ditko is... He's kind of the Greta Garbo of comic books of comic book creators uh he basically kind of dropped off the face of the earth he was not of uh, someone who people could get interviews well, with can i just list some of the characters you know spider-man spider-man huge doctor strange doctor strange hawk and dove shade the uh, even Man, the villains on uh, mysterio the question, the question Adam. creeper creeper mary jane yeah uh dr octopus uh center six um G- green goblin uh, Electro, Craven the Hunter, J. Jonah Jameson, okay, uh, Baron Mordo, Sandman, Vulture. Uh, again, these are yeah, Spider-Man yeah, regulars. Spider-Man, but as I said, then you also simply have his his breadth of work across comics. Hawk like and said, Dove, Hawk and Dove, Shade the Changing Ted Man, The Question, Mister A, Blue Beetle. You've got um, uh, uh, Captain Adam. I mean, like this is a host of characters, and. He is one of those guys from the uh, from the era where he's sort of that first generation of people who had grown up with a lot of the golden age stuff and then became 
prominent in the Silver Age of comics. Uh, Jerry Robinson, uh, you know, one of the uh, guys who worked on Batman, uh, he apprenticed under him at what became the school of uh, the New York School of Visual Arts, and um, a very intense individual, I think. Um, You say that—that's the one thing I know about him. I, I I don't know much about him other than. Like you asked me how much you know about him, I go uh, recluse. That's pretty much all I know. But then you got into the whole doc- Ayn Rand uh, object, object, objectivist sort of yeah. uh, philosophy. He actually created a whole character uh, called Mister A, who he often described as the sort of comic code approved version of the question. No, no, I'm sorry. That the question was the comic code approved version of Mister A. Um, by the way, I just want to say the, the I. As much as I love Spider-Man, um, you love the as, question. As much as the, I'm, God, the now, Hollywood's got to get on the question. Can I ask? Let, let me ask you the the question that we that for the younger for younger folk right. who know or those who are just not familiar with the classic. Most stuff, of them would know him only well, from Justice League. Unlimited. Yeah, right. A voice by um, uh, Wei Yun himself. Wei Yun himself from, from Star uh, Trek. Combs, yeah. Right. Now is that the Steve Ditko question or is that like completely something off? There's a, it's a weird commentary on his question because the question in Justice League Unlimited is this conspiracy minded right. guy. I and knew that's it's not, 32 he, flavors. And that right. goes to, that's a commentary on the fact that libertarians are, many of them are obsessed with, you know, various conspiracies and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, yeah, we got one right here. Whereas, which, you know, whereas, Mr. Um, uh, the Loch Ness Monster exists. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but uh, the question started as a sort of soft roll on his his libertarianism, and especially his objectivism. Is either A equals A. There's no mm. in between. There is no black and white. There's no nuance. There's either good or there is evil. There's nothing in between. And what's interesting is that the question, which was, you know, had... A minor fandom, I guess. It was, you know, there's a reason why it was not super successful. It's more the aesthetics of it. Yeah. It, uh, there's a minimalism. Basically what happened mm-hmm. is is that in the 80s and then the 90s, Denny O'Neill, legendary mm-hmm. comic book writer at DC, editor, Batman, Batman. guy, you know, uh, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, that kind of stuff, who is a liberal and is a Eastern philosophy guy, basically in the first issue of his version of the question is, the question is the question that the way Steve Ditko had him. And then literally the, the question gets the crap kicked out of him, gets shot in the head, and literally gets to get then reborn. And is reborn as he goes on this journey where he becomes a Zen guy. He becomes a <clears throat> a, a sort of a, a, an Eastern philosophy, Taoist, Zen Buddhist character. And that is how those stories are approached. And that's very much about, like, complementary opposites, not just... Oh, black is black and white is white, and there's no. There's but let no me ask you, like the again going back to the 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 Justice League animated stuff, mm. how did that character turn about? Is that a uh, um, uh, because again, that's the one that I know, not that I wasn't familiar. Like I with said, him. They, I think that that was all about them. Yes, yeah. because mini, was the question was the question is not a Vertigo, hard adult title. Uh, no, this is the other thing. See, I-, I always say when people ask me about like that era, you have the Vertigo titles like Sandman and stuff, and they'll say, "Oh, were you? Did you read it?" And I'll, I always honestly say, "Sandman, I came to later in like the collected versions mm-hmm. and appreciate it. Doesn't get my juices flowing." When p- everyone was going on about, "Oh my God, you got to read the Sandman. It's so amazing." Neil Gaiman. I was like, "I, I read the question." 
the question by Denny O'Neill is insanely complex. Mm-hmm. It deals with deep philosophical issues. It's this interesting, oh, its own little world. The hey, way who O'Neill. are you paying respects to right yeah. now? We'll get back to that. No, I, think, I think this is important because, um, plus, because I, uh, my deeper question is, why is he a superhero? You see what I'm, what I'm getting why at? Is it, but, the, 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 the animated version, you see a superhero nest to him. It's more pul- He's more pulpy. He's much more pulpy, and about the only quote-unquote super part of him mm-hmm. is the mask getup. Yeah. Is the idea of, of here's, and the visual right. of... Because the Rorschach is... Because yeah. John, Ro- the question as a character is basically, he's a TV, he's a television journalist. And that's something else that's interesting is that he was created in the 60s when that was just starting to be a new thing. So he's a television journalist. Face the nation. And he's famous as a broadcaster, so everyone knows his face. Ah, okay. So the conceit is, he, his mask is this mask that's made up of like a false skin, and it covers his, and somehow he's able to see out of it, mm-hmm. and so he has no features. It's like he has no nose, no mouth, no eyes, no eyebrows. It's just this blank skin, and then it's bonds to that's his. Scary. It, yeah, it's creepy. It's it's freaky. And then the thing is, it bonds to his skin due to this gas that he releases. He wears a hat, And the coat. gas does it not only bonds the mask, but it changes the color of his hair and the color of the suit that mm. he's wearing. So when he transforms into his secret identity, he gets this blank face, and everything he wears, the color changes, and that's how he keeps his identity safe. And Now, now Rorschach, I would say, is, is sort of like an Rorschach offshoot. Rorschach is a mixture of the question... Rorschach from the Watchmen. With, from Watchmen and Ditko's creation of Mr. A. Mm-hmm. Mr. A was a guy that also wore a mask that was not featureless. It had features, but it was a steel version of a human face. And he wore gloves that were steel. And Mr. A was supposedly much more like rough on... Criminals and and people. So it sounds like so it sounds like the question is Ditko's ultimate expression of what he wanted to accomplish I think that would as be an Mr. artist. A, but yes, there definitely is the sense of Ditko as an objectivist had a lot of as a lot of people who get involved in mm-hmm. that kind Didn't of stuff. Did he co-create a Black Panther? Right? No, no, Ditko no, that was, not yeah. co-create Black Panther. He did not. No. Um, but Ditko, Spider- Ditko but created a lot of other things. But Spider-Man, Again, the- Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. He had a very specific style, and we were talking about this about yeah. And style. I asked a question. I said um, because I, I don't know if you know, it's like they're you have their Batman's and your Superman's. They have these guys have the capes, um, but then the Silver Age came in, and then guys like the Flash. It's just a one. It's just a one suit with a with a a, a mask, a onesie a with mask. the cowl. And I go, did the Flash come before? And that was a big deal. Did the Flash come before uh, Spider Man? And Spider Man's um, artistically speaking, you you look at it and you go, that's something very re- revolutionary. Even though we had a conversation about the black suit, yeah. but the 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 red blue webbing, and and the uh, and and those eyes, the eyes, the mask, that that, that that's silhouette. very distinctly very revolutionary, very different. And then also the 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 posing of how he's you know walking around on the wall, mm-hmm, yes, and everything else. And then what I said, talking about what I, what, and, I, what and I also said was that uh, his art evokes. We remember the Spider-Man cartoon, Spider-Man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, you know, the very minimally animated one. But when I think of that cartoon, it's so it's so influenced by Ditko. Yeah. Because when I think of Spider-Man, I don't think of skyscrapers. <laughs> I think of water towers. We had a conversation about this. I'm like, in, in the chill of the night at the scene of the crime. And he's like, just he's a voyeur. 
He's voyeuristic. He's just <laughs> he's which, looking yes, around he's, and just like staring which, at which, you know, which from rooftops. Which got me into the whole thing about how the maybe one of the purest aesthetic like realizations of Ditko Spider Man was Tom. the Electric <laughs> Company version of Spider Man. Spider-Man, where are you coming from, Spider-Man? Nobody, Nobody knows, knows who you are. are. Because he's the sort of this silent character, he's kind of almost creepy. Mm. And he is a little creepy in those Ditko um, era Dude, you stories. you guys have such a point, man. And, and that's why Peter Parker had to be so innocent and so good-hearted. Because if he was anything else, he would be... He would say, "He would be, yeah." <laughs> well, we talked yeah. about that. There was this. Um, there was a. There was a thing called uh, Marvels, which was um, uh, Alex Ross. Alex Ross and Kurt Busiek's um, take on the early years of the Marvel Universe in a in a version that is supposed to be like chronological. Imagine so it's if it was a take, jock. Like, it's supposed yeah. to take place in its time, right? And he has Spider Man in some portions of it, but you never really hear him speak a la the electric company version because again that aligns up with with Ditko's uh, vision of the character and Ditko's art is you know it's different um, someone I'm trying to remember who it was maybe it was Romita maybe it was one of the other editors that basically said about Stan running the whole show of Marvel at the time was he says well what did he want from the artist what did he want from his people he says he wanted he wanted Kirby to be Kirby, Ditko to be Ditko, and for everybody else to be Kirby. <laughs> that basically that singled out Ditko, saying that he wanted people to see what Kirby was doing, copy it, be within that wheelhouse. But he did let D- J- Steve Ditko do, do what he wanted to do, regardless of whether he was working on Spider-Man, or he was doing a Hulk, or he was again what he co-created to Doctor Strange. Now he he, he um, even though we've already gone to DC properties and whatever, he goes he does go over eventually from Marvel. Well, that was to the DC. thing is that he leaves. No one really knows why he leaves Marvel. Um, there is a lot of going to people thinking that has to do with again his objectives, philosophy, maybe not being treated. Fairly business-wise, although he did say, you know, so there was even for a long period of time, people said, "Well, he left Spider-Man because he disagreed with Stan on the reveal of the Green Goblin. That he didn't like the soap operatic element of the Green Goblin reveal was, oh, he's Norman Osborn, because when the Goblin was originally introduced, you don't know who he is, and eventually that's the whole thing. Then the next, and essentially he leaves, and when Romita comes in as uh, doing the next uh, issue." They do the reveal, and it's, oh, it's, it's Norman Osborn. But even Ditko has said, no, that had nothing to do with it. Um, he moves over to DC. But it's never, but it doesn't sound like it's always an amicable leave, you know? Like, he, he you did, can't, you can't, he, in other words, what I'm saying the, is, the Marvel you fam- can't expect a guy like him to leave and, and like, oh, hey guys, you know, I'm leaving, you know, everything's going to be fine, you he, know? Well, like, they would do things like when, when, when Marvel was on its huge upswing in its early days, um, Stan produced... Uh, records, right? And with people from right. the Marvel yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing things. And the one person who's not on the records <laughs> is Ditko. Hey, oh, and here we are in the offices of of slamming Steve Ditko. That's like, is he in? Oh my God, he just jumped out of the window. He really is Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. so, Which is very odd because... Listen, even, uh, uh, you know, as a comic book reader in my youth, um, 
You get your 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 Jim Lees and your Stan. These are the names that we recognize: Jim Lee, Stan Lee, um, uh, Todd McFarlane, um, Ditko. He was just one of those names that you that you recognize, but at the same time, like, what else do we know about what Ditko else other than the fact that you know he's he he co coded Spidey. Now, um, I I just want to bring up like he uh, he created Hawk and Dove. Creeper, yeah, and mining Doctor Strange. A, 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 you know, well, we get into again his, you know, his two big ones at at Marvel are obviously Doctor Strange, which is a when you look at it, a very different thing mm-hmm. than Spidey. Um, a lot of people, you know, one of the things why Strange was popular in the sixties was college kids were doing LSD, college <laughs> kids were doing hallucinogenics. And they were like, oh, obviously the guys at Marvel Comics are dropped. They're base heads. They're, they're obviously doing... And, you know, he was, I think, a teetotaler. I don't think he ever did anything. He just had this <clears throat> crazy, you know, sense of aesthetics. Uh, when he jumps over to DC, he gives us, again, these odd... Some of these odd creations. The Creeper, you know? Yeah, like, we're not going to get is, into the origin very much stories like, of the Which is very much like a gloss on the question, in a way, because it's the same mm. thing, a TV... Reporter, yada yada. He gives us Hawk and Dove, which is you know, it's all about the peace. Hawk and Dove is literally all about the conservative versus liberal. It's the it's the uh, the the pro Vietnam. Hey, are you War excited for-, for DC Universe, Miguel? All right, That's you're dropping <laughs> for Titans. Yeah, DC streaming service. You don't just you're gonna have to. I'm gonna I'm gonna need some sort of uh, scholarship or something on that one. I'm not gonna. Give me a stipend, DC. I'm not paying for a whole separate service. Anyway, um, so the Creeper, um, Stalker, uh, and then he's kind of does his own thing. And this is one of the other things is he kind of only does mainstream comic book work to support himself so that he could produce... These Randian objectivist libertarian like pamphlets, <laughs> and that's what he puts a lot of energy into apparently for most of the rest of his years. And then he doesn't do any interviews. He tells people who do find him, like you know, even in like the you know the 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 sixties and stuff. That it's like, oh man, Mister Ditko, you know, I'm so I'm so your work has influenced me so much. I would you know. I'd like to get involved in graphic design and artisan. And he would tell them, uh, comic books are crap. You don't want to do that. I don't, you know, it was a very, he was an odd duck. Um, there was a BBC documentary that was attempting to interview him and they couldn't, the, the guy, the director couldn't get him on camera. Couldn't, you know, did talk to him, but it was like, uh, no, don't, I don't want to have any, I want to be on camera. You won't get an interview with me, you know, so on and so forth. He was, and you know what? I, I, even until the end, as much as I disagree with him on a philosophical level, I'm not a Randian, I'm not a libertarian, I'm not an objectivist. And I think that some things of his in, were improved by making them not that. Again, I old question, Ditko question, I have no love for. O'Neill question, that's my jam. Um, at the same time, Ed, in the original Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, you remember where Peter has his landlord? Yeah. Okay, do you remember what that landlord's name is? That I don't. <laughs> Was it? Uh... His name is Mister Ditkovich. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And what is he all about, Ed? He's Give a... me my money. Yeah, yeah. I want my money. He's got the, uh, he's got and the daughter I and can't everything. Yeah. 
<laughs> Something about that felt I, I I felt like why are they doing that? That's that's a needle. Yeah, that's too much of a needle for a guy who is a big reason why this movie even exists. You know, there's a part of me that goes like I don't know who's exactly. a conspiracy now. No, Miguel. but I'm saying no. But I mean, I think about that though. In, 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 in all seriousness, yeah, no, I get, I get in it. In the sense of a guy, but it who, is, it it would be that would be complete. That would. That, I'm not even saying necessarily the idea is that meant to be a bad thing, but I would think if he if he had had a different relationship with Marvel and mm. Stan, because that's not that Stan told you got to put this in. I want a needle, Steve. But Stan also didn't say to take it out. Mm. If I think if he had had a different relationship with Marvel with Stan. Something like that wouldn't have risen to the point where someone would have said to Raimi, ah, you can't do this, man. That, 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 that feels like a cheap shot. It feels like a bit of a cheap shot. So, um, yeah, I mean, an interesting cat who had a lot of influence on what we, you know, again, we would not be in the world we are today without his influence on so many different the visual things. medium. Like in, yeah, you know. Um, you know, again, the shorthand of like, well, what do we say about, we said, well, the DC characters, when we think about them, they're they're very monolithic. <laughs> they're gods. We think of Superman on the tippy tippy top, highest, you know, you know, roof on a skyscraper. But when we think about Spider Man, we think of him. No, we think of him on the top of like a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's 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 it, again, it's that difference between the Marvel and DC characters. It's like. Marvel, DC characters are so far out; it's 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 pure imagination. You can't really think of yourself in their place. Whereas the Marvel characters, you're like, yeah, I could probably get up to a, a warehouse rooftop. I, it's not that's doable. I could hang from a flagpole. It's possible. I mean, <laughs> now for a moment, I thought that he uh, he had um, he was of a, a, Jew, a Jewish background, which is not true. He's I think, what is it, Croatian or something like that or whatever. Or, um, yeah, he was first generation. Slo- Slovakian. He's Slovakian's right. first generation. In Pennsylvania, which from is... Johnstown, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and everything. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Never married, never had kids. Right. Um, but he. I bring up the Jewish thing he, because he, 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 Superman. Yeah, all that's right. Well, stuff. immigrant stuff, all that. Um, without a doubt, he contributed greatly to the medium, and it is there's something like I said about that that singularity of him at Marvel, that you know Stan tried to crack the Spider-Man nut. With Jack Kirby, of all people, the guy who he had the most richest, mm. mo- uh, the, the relationship yielded the most at Marvel. And he couldn't crack it to what Stan wanted. Stan goes to Ditko, and, you know, when I think of Marvel's number one hero, I think of Spider-Man. He's the face of that company. He's the, he is the most oh, yeah, reliable. Oh, yeah, he's, he's... The, he's the most, he is, in, in by many measures, if you measure, everyone likes to talk about Batman. Everyone the... talks about Superman. Who's the most popular superhero in the world? And you know, it is very Superman rec- fans, I'm- we're chagrined because he's not the most popular superhero in the world anymore. Batman fans think he's the most popular, but the truth is, if you go by pure merchandise, by what is bought, Spider-Man leaves Superman and Batman in the dust. Aside he sells way. Let, let me just say more. that aside from uh, action comics, you know, with Superman and the, and the car, that that cover being iconic. Spider-Man and the uh, the amazing uh, amazing fantasy amazing fantasy fifteen yeah that's look out world here pretty comes, uh, yeah, yeah pretty iconic as well so I mean it's uh, yeah it's, it's for someone who's who's created that and his legacy stands to this day Ed that moment that you and I love so much from Spider-Man Homecoming 
where Peter is covered in the debris and the rubble, and he has to power him way, his way out. That is a direct reference to one of the most famous panels Ditko ever did, mm-hmm. uh, where you know we were Spider-Man, and it's it's a it's a case where the case was made in that story for the artist being the equal of the writer to being a storyteller because it's he uses the visuals to Spider-Man is under the rubble and you basically go through his life in this very creative use of of the space and everything of the art and then we get this triumphant moment of Spider-Man finally powering his way out of the rubble and seeing what he's made of and that you know you know here's the hero in all of his Brilliant stuff, and Ditko, no one could have done it the way it is. So, uh, just to wrap this up, I suggest anyone know him through his work, try and read up as much as you can to get maybe some context of what we're talking about, because it's hard to find this stuff, but it's out there. And um, just honor this guy, because we, you know, my holy trinity is always Superman, Batman, and Spidey. Um, yeah, a billion think, dollar industry sits on the shoulders of this uh, of, of what of, this guy created yeah. of what this guy created so a moment of silence for one Steve Ditko alright so let's get to the meat of why we're here today and let's get to it Ant-Man and the Wasp Peyton Reed, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Dick Douglas, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, and James Duhan, the ABC Movie of the Week. <laughs> I don't know why I said James Duhan. I should... uh, we... I, will always, I will always have a rivalry with Paul Rudd. Really? Because I was, dating, I was dating a girl many years ago. And she was kind of like ghetto and like into like hip hop and rap music. Okay, where's the rud come in? This is where it comes in. And and uh, I love you, man. There's like a poster for I love you, man. And we walk by, and this girl, you would never think that she's into like you know rom coms and and white people stuff, you know. And she goes, "Oh my God, Paul Rudd! I can't wait to see this movie. He is fine and like all this." And I'm like, "Hey." <laughs> I'm standing right here, honey. I'm standing right here, honey. So, Paul Rudd, watch out. Uh, hey, I, <laughs> hey, the truth is, I he I, women love that man. I, women love yeah, I call it, him, him. I love that man. I love that man. And uh, and I love many men, you know. And but I I'm not right. in love with men, right? Okay. But Paul Rudd's <laughs> we're, we're dig- <laughs> you're digging. You're digging yourself a, a you're digging yourself John, a grave. John here, is my witness digging. here. Oh, when yeah. I love you, man came out. Oh God. Yeah, yes. but you got yeah, and please. And the classic. Hold on. And the classic. Uh, you know, hey, you love Rush? Yeah, I love Rush. And then they get on the and the the the, the, the Vespa, and then Tom Sawyer starts playing. And I'm like, I love this man. <laughs> okay, that might just and be the rush. To me, talking, he's always yeah, yeah. yeah. It is rush talking, but Ed, it's also Ed, Ed, but only please. only Rudd, <laughs> the clown prince of comedy, in my opinion. Yes, of course, yes. <laughs> okay, can pull that off. Um, Ed, Ed, let's be honest. Let's be honest. There's only one person to you and me who Rudd really is. <laughs> There's only one person, Ed, and the truth hey, is, this is not this is not me. This is the, I'm, oh, I'm so not my me. name is not my. I'm Ethan. I'm Ethan. Uh, I'm from Colorado. I don't know. If, you know, it's really having a hard. Go out and, and watch <laughs> what first. 
Before you watch <laughs> Reno 911, My, Miami. Miami. Go watch Reno 911 because he's in those as he, well. He appears many times yeah. in Reno 911. Uh, one of my favorite one is is uh, where um, Trudy, uh, Officer Trudy, she's about she's in labor. She's she's um, uh, pregnant. Lamaze class. And she has Lamaze class. And Rudd, who is the Lamaze class coach instructor, whatever he is, you know what I think? I think we're gonna a little we're gonna need a little bit of Axel F. And <laughs> he's hilarious on the show, and then in the in the movie, he plays this pseudo Tony Montana like drug dealer, who then we learn is named Ethan, Ethan. and is actually from Colorado. And it's, he's having a hard time. He's having a hard. He was he had to stop selling coke in Colorado. He says, "I don't know what it is. I think I don't. I think maybe it's the atmosphere. Maybe it's the altitude. You can't really." <laughs> so uh, this is the sequel to uh, Ant Man, which came out. Um, one of the uh, one of my favorite of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Uh, this has sort of been with a humble as- budget of 162 million. Right. Already is already has a made made 178.7. And it's already been out um, for less than a week. Not yeah, but week. I think it, it actually did still open less than they they were thinking. Um, but still, it's still a hit. Eh, we'll see. Uh, you know, in terms of word of mouth, legs, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, now, this has sort of been described as the palate cleanser to Infinity War, because of course, Infinity War was this the big epic, mm-hmm. and this is no pun intended the smaller film, smaller stakes. Um, going around the room here, I just want to get general impressions of the movie, and then we'll get into the uh, the specifics. So, Johnny Boy, John came with us uh, uh, to watch it, seen it for the first time. I had already seen it. These two guys uh, had yet to see it, saw it yesterday. John, what did you think of the film overall? Because you were sitting right next to me, and and you laughed a lot. I told I I will always. I will cop that this is a very funny movie. So, what did you think of uh, the movie overall? Its entertainment value and and overall, yeah. I think it's a good movie. I think it's uh, I think it's meant like you said, it's a palate cleanser. It's a family friendly, you know, Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't have too many qu- qualms with it. Okay, uh, and Edward, it is a follow up to a long line of traditional. Uh, um, classic live-action Disney movies, uh, in my opinion. Herbie Rides Again. <laughs> uh, uh, Escape to Witch Mountain. Uh, uh, let me see. What's another one? Uh, Condor Man. Was, Con- was Condor Man a Disney yes, one? Yes, it was. Okay. All right. uh, by the way, Ed... I Cat want you- from Outer Space. I want you to remember... Okay, okay, Ed. Remember, I. this is what I said before. I think you forgot that I had told you this one because I had seen it before you, and I, I said, forget ninety percent of the things that you tell me. Oh, Tony, don't, don't stop. <laughs> That's no, why you, you guys don't. record your conversation. No, you don't. This is the real. Don't even, why you guys don't have even the pretend. You keep things in your back pocket to spring on me later on. You're my 10%. wife. There's You're enough my for ten percent. There's enough ten percent in my pocket. Well, that's not. Wait, you <laughs> said this, Miguel. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, what are we going? Wait, 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 wait a minute. A if couple? I recall correctly. It's usually a line like that. So, but um, it was. That's very, what I said before yeah. as well. That was like, and and here's, and that's not. You're not saying it's bad. Here's what I'm right? getting. No, no, no. Yeah, here's what I'm overall, getting. At. Your overall take. Here's yeah. what I'm getting at. It's like, like it, 
you, exactly. You nailed it. It's not a bad movie, but I paid money for <laughs> I paid money for superhero madness. You know because and yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a palate cleanser. But I I, I don't know what the, I, I I for me to say if I said that this kind of fell the mark for me, I'd be lying. You know because I had a good time. It was funny, but at the same time, like. I thought there would be some more pew, 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 like pew, you know, like that sort of superhero madness, and that's what I paid money for. You know, you didn't get what? enough action. Is that what you're saying? The action was great. But I you wanted didn't get enough of it. Listen, when you have, uh, let's take the, let's talk. Uh, we'll get into more of it, more of it. But I'm gonna say right now, the villain is a um, she's an English, um, a British girl who plays the villain Ghost. Mm. Walton's uh, Walton. Goggins, Walter Goggins, yeah. Right? And these villains are just not... They were not designed to be the, the end-all, be-all, like, shake your, shake. I'm going to shake my fist at you and, and I'm going to destroy the world. And that's not... That's not who they were fighting... Uh, uh, that's not what yeah. the, 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 the antagonism was about here. But at the same time... Instead, it was, we have to find... Spoilers. By the Janet way, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah John Kamen, by the way, yeah, is, the, yeah. is the actress who played. Yeah. Who I was, I thought, a highlight of the movie myself. Oh, you thought so? Um, yeah, I'll get, but I'll get into it. So you right, finish we'll up what, what you're... Yeah, so, I mean, uh, did I... I had a good time, um, but I felt like this is not what I paid money for. You know, and especially that post-credit ending. Oh, that post-credit ending. But you useless. did bring up a good point, which we'll bring up later. All right. Which was like... What do you expect? The, uh, <laughs> the the stakes are even higher now, right? You know, for 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 Scott Lang. But I'm like, you go through all that, all of that, and you Ant Man and the Wasp, and I feel like Evangel- Evangeline Lilly was sort of just, yeah yeah you know, yeah just yeah. brushed you know off what? to the side. You got a good point there. The you whole know. movie's about bringing this girl back. And that what happens at the end? She turns to dust. Oh, spoiler! No spoiler. Yeah, yeah it's much a spoiler dust. discussion anyway. All right. So that was kind of disappointing. I, I, I'm I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna get him. First off, I just want to point out everyone this this movie has driven me to drink. Ugh. What am I drinking here, Ed? Duff do you beer. have to do that when you Duff drink? Beer. Do you have to make that like that soup that 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 that, uh, that you know? Soup. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna slurp, slurp it from the bottle the, the neck of the bottle sound. It's funny, Ed. <laughs> no, um. <laughs> Holy uh, cow! You've already gone through one, <laughs> one and a half. Yeah, reds, reds. I'm drinking reds apple ale here, um, at nine o'clock. Whoa, whoa, in the what morning. is this, Robin? What is this, Robin? <laughs> reds apple ale. So uh, I have to honestly say that this is the film that kind of has broken me from being even apologetic for Marvel. I loved Infinity War. I've loved a lot of a, a bunch of the movies that Marvel has made, but at this point, I'm kind of throwing up my, my 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 hands in the hair at this point, and it's not because they're terrible. But it's That's also not by the, it's not not because it's a lack of design. I mean, these things are it, the by design, design. It might be the problem. I I disagree. So, uh, Everything's me, by design. But the, again, the design might be the issue in and of itself. Uh, All right, l- allow me to go ahead. Allow go ahead. me to. Okay, so. This film is not, like you said, bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's entertaining enough. It certainly has a lot of funny moments. The first Ant-Man was funny, and they continue a lot of the same things. If you liked 
uh, Michael Pena's Luis. Yeah, you you're like, get, you when get, is he going to get into that? Like, and then, like, I think. Uh, well, I told you. I see. I I jumped the gun because I forgot that there was more. Yeah, between, you were like, but this it was is like, the funniest scene in the, the movie. Funniest scene in the movie. Like, uh, also a problematic so this, this is a truth, a truth serum, right? You know. And yeah. Then he goes at into one the point, whole... Walter Goggins' character, you know, captures uh, Michael Pena as, as Luis and his two cronies, right? <laughs> And, whoa, whoa, whoa. and they one give of them him, is one of them is T Ti whatever. T. He doesn't even matter. Anymore. Harris. And so, like, we get this scene where brother, you know, if you like the brother. whole Louise tells a story bit from the first Ant Man, they manage to work it in this way, in a way that's very very funny. Um, and the film has a lot of funny moments in it, and the special effects are very well done. I'm not going to say great. the action is pretty. I won't say great. I think it's good, serviceable. But nothing blows me away. It hits no highs. Neither does it really ever settle on, on incredible lows that I go, oh, well, it's a terrible movie. And there's a feeling of the whole thing being sort of every aspect of it being like a car with the emergency brake on. That it's like it's something is intentionally holding all the proceedings back. Even down to the performances. And I think that is what gives off that vibe you said of, because that's what occurred to me. Mm -hmm. I said, I think these Marvel movies under Disney here have finally crossed over into, oh, we, we kind of are just modern versions of Escape to Witch Mountain. <clears throat> they're, they're four quadrant to their own detriment. By trying to be everything to everyone and shaving off everything, every single possible edge mm -hmm. and smoothing out any real texture. You've kind of come to a place where they're very oatmeal. Nutritional, I guess. A great example. But not necessarily something you, you know. A great, you, a great they, example it's a, it's is. vegetable juice. The it's, well, it's, the it's, romantic it's, it's, relationship between Scott and Hope. Right. I didn't buy I don't buy. It's Glenn. Um, now, now I, I said this. I said not that I don't buy it, but you don't see any of it. Uh, see because any of it. More, aside most from Luis's, like uh, most of it in this film is told to you by Luis. Yeah, not really illustrated. Yeah. you know, on film. Like there, there been there and, must have been like again, like the um, you know how back in the day classic live action Disney movies where if there was romance going on, it would be like okay, a guy and a girl they would look at each other, they're about to kiss, but they don't. It's like a Bollywood movie all of a sudden, right? You know, mm -hmm. um, this, this. Well, we do see them kiss, but I'm saying like it's a modern version. Mm -hmm. And you know, what, Miguel, is it because you didn't get your browser's level of lovemaking? That, that I said that. I said is that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember to say that on the show. And it's possible. <laughs> that's why you didn't buy it because you didn't like you know. You didn't well, see, eventually, uh, Lily with that uh, with that page boy thing, and when the movie started. It's a little porn story. It's a little porn story. Um, oh, but but this is the thing. I don't... Everything kind of felt like it was being... This is you why You know Disney's I, making a bid to buy the show, right? TBC. Okay, fine. And right. that's out the door. Thanks that's to you. The, thanks to you, exactly. Um, I, I think <laughs> I that... I hear browsers is interesting. Back to, back to the <laughs> review, guys. Um, that is why the ghost character, why Hannah John came in, she popped for me. Because the origin and what they give her about her her dead parents yeah, and, there's weight and and there's weight, 
Everything else felt so airy-fairy that it could just float away. Mm. And once more, very similar to a bunch of Marvel movies, they certainly put time and effort into the comic timing and the jokes and the gags. And everything else is kind of like perfunctory. Here's another perfunctory. thing. Perfunctory. It's there because it's a superhero movie, so we have to have a chase, and we got to have this, and we got to have that moment. They they go to some to some distance to establish, and not that we were not kind of familiar already with it. That Hank Pym is he's kind of an asshole. You know, right. he's arrogant. He's a guy who Douglas's says character, yeah. none of this like like uh, um Iron, that Iron Man technology. Hey, 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 hey. That's, that's not, not happy real science. to see me. I'm talking about real science, you know. That's what he says, right? And and uh, the Lawrence Fishburne character, he kind of establishes, uh, oh, well, you Hank Pym, yeah. and you couldn't couldn't figure something out. Give us more of that, for Pete's sake, you know. That's yeah, what, yeah. but that's what I mean. Every th- aspect of us is just like make this a little deeper. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be Sophie's choice. <laughs> it, I don't understand why people who complain about people who like us and our complaints are like, well, you just want, what do you want this to be? Huh? Would it be dour and depressing? You want this to be Shakespeare? It's like, no, I want it to have a little weight, though. I don't want it to just be a comedy. I'm sorry. If I want to see a comedy, I'll see an effing comedy. I go to a superhero movie, I want a dramatic action movie. That doesn't mean you can't have humor, but it it just means... You don't have to have a joke every five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do, and you can go in a little deeper with these characters. Even the Raimi Spider-Man films do not have this Disney live-action movie from the 1970s and 80s feel that so much at this point. We are 10 years now, Ed. 10 years well, into I, the Marvel you, Cinematic you Universe. you wanted to say? No, I was just saying though. I mean, I I, I feel you, my brother. Okay, but okay, let me finish but, that thought. But, let me finish. But, that. Okay, but it is it is marketed as like a family friendly. Thank you. I know this, this is what this I is, know. This is this know. is what I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm going to so, echo. Yeah. Uh, the king of Star Wars here. He says, Star Wars isn't ma- is movies aren't made for guys like me. It's not made for guys like like you. It's made it's made for. And he was pointing at my son at the time when the last time he was here. And uh, and maybe it's because we've come to an impasse because wh- I'm I'm watching you, and I kind of feel the way you do. But at the same time, we we also preface by saying this is not a bad movie. It's yeah. not a bad movie, but we have maybe it's because no the demands of the fanboys uh, and this must is, be met. You know, but how that that being said, though, I do think that we're not saying I'm not saying demands of the fanboy just because oh I want it to be like exactly like the comics I I grew up reading. But there's also a sense of just basic filmmaking stuff. Everything feels so forgettable. Everything feels uh, I, what I what did I say about Thor Ragnarok? Mm. In ten years, now there I agreed yeah. with you. You know, in ten years, that whole reveal. Remember, I keep, keep exactly that, that has no that's way. supposed to be devastating, and but that's be. lost because that's of the lost, comedy. Exactly, and and, and, the... but also in the sense of this, John. Um, in ten years. No one is going to remember what the movie is supposedly about. They'll bar- remember the jokes. We barely, the jokes we are barely good. know what the what what some of the science is about behind here. Now <laughs> let, let's let's get into well, a, little, a little deep. Can well, we get... well, that, well, again, this this is sort of the nitpicky stuff, and this is an issue. But those are huge things, but, though. But okay, let me finish here. Because those other aspects aren't particularly engaging 
or all that interesting or given a lot of room to breathe, a guy like me and a guy like you, then our mind simply goes like, well, they haven't engaged me on this other level. Okay, now let me start picking all this other stuff apart. And that adds another problematic layer where, again, it's not terrible, but you start going questions like, um, wait a minute. So when these things shrink down... In the movie, the big MacGuffin is they have to get Hank Pym's lab back, which is, you see in the trailers, Mm -hmm. is this building that he can shrink and grow at will, right? Now, it shrinks to the size... A suitcase that you can, like, sort of wheel, that you can wheel around with a handle. Okay, so, so let's start, number one, when we were coming back, and we're driving along the BQE. And, you know, that's along the waterfront area, and there are all these, you know, you know, and, like, at one point in the movie, that's where the building he's put it up, right? In this empty lot in the middle of San Francisco. And San Francisco's very similar to New York. It's a very urban area. Okay, so given what real estate is in New York or in a place like San Francisco... <laughs> really? A building just empty goes lot up Empty lot for over, sale. A building <laughs> just goes up... And it just disappears. You and know, no one, no one noticed it going up, and no one Notice. noticed it going away. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, there's that. There's the idea of like, okay, when they shrink, if I'm remembering correctly, don't they talk about it being a size and mass deal in the first Ant Man movie, where they say, "Well, you will be the size of an ant." But you will still have your mass. Yeah, and, and you and see that in the movie. That's can, why Jan, can punch That's why Hope person. is able to do punch, things that she does. Punch, punch us, you can add that size. You punch someone with the mm-hmm. force of a 180 pound man, mm-hmm, yeah. making it devastating as an attack. Okay, except for the fact that this whole building shrinks, <laughs> and people are throwing it around <laughs> like it's a a a, and no one a, the... a box of pastries or something. <laughs> They're crashing it through windows at one the point. Only th- and this is where the this is where the the inner space slash like Disney stuff comes in. And I'm like, okay, so Disney Hank does. Hank and Janet Van Dyne, spoiler, are in the quantum realm, <laughs> and they have to wait. They're basically looking at a dial on 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 that ship that they have there, and it's like. You know, uh, um, we're regular size, or we're still at trunken size. They can't, and they can't expand. They yet. can't get into a. They can't come back to the real yeah. world out of the quantum realm until apparently <laughs> the building is taken from shrunken size to back to normal. Mm-hmm. They never say why. No. I just want to point this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, in the film, I have a big issue. But after okay, well, that, meanwhile in the movie. They're even doing, there are moments where I go like, wait a minute, now it's double shrunk? Because it'll be shrunk, it's in a car, and I'm not saying that it's not inventive, that chase where the cars change size and all the rest, but it's like, okay, let me get this straight. The building is now in the car with Luis and Hope, and they're driving around, and now she's shrunk the car. So now the building was shrunk once, it's double shrunk. No talking about how that you can't do that, how that might be a bad deal. It just occurs to me that that might have some effect on it because they're already saying, well, you can't get, oh, you can't grow to other size. See, that's the question. So Pfeiffer and Douglas couldn't do that. And yet here they're doing assembly. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are many studies showing that you put someone <laughs> in solitary confinement for like a week and they go crazy. 
Now, how did this person Janet Van Dyne, thirty the first years lock, in solitary lock, confinement? Yeah. How did how does she know how to say anything? How does she know how to communicate? How does she know not how to not be crazy? I want I want thirty years stuck in the Remember, crocodile. weeks, a month. Most people. Hey, don't get into yeah, a yeah. don't get into a yeah, time yeah. Uh, um, a time warp or a time. Like, yeah, sort of oh, like well, well, we'll, we'll talk okay, about that. So, so Disney, explain that for me. 30 uh, years. I want to well, bring well, up. 30 I, years. I, I, I actually want to bring more specific, and that is that they make a whole big deal. We're going there into the quantum realm. There should be some realm, rehabilitation right? period. We're going into the quantum realm, right? And I need to create a quantum tunnel, and I have this quantum <clears throat> diving bell, this shrink, this quantum diving bell, essentially, and Hank Pym's got to get on a spacesuit and everything else, okay? They're making it see... They're going to lengths. It's dangerous out there. Human life is incapable of surviving. And then, and then literally... The helmet, he meets, like, comes off. He meets her, and she takes the helmet off, and it's not... It's like, wait, so there's air here <laughs> or not? And she's got healing wait, I, I, We'll God, get into healing I, gonna, hands. I want to beat you up for for stealing my thought, okay? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the big MacGuffin thing is that she's got healing powers. Um, Janet, out of nowhere! Way, Janet Van Dyne comes out of nowhere, and we've been waiting, and this is a good part of the movie where she doesn't show up up until maybe the last quarter of the movie, um, towards the last quarter of the movie, and she just comes out of... of the, the the glowing horizon in the quantum realm and she's got somehow she's she was able to take her wings and forge a, a battle axe of some sorts somehow something get like material. that and get material she's got a shroud some over sort of her shroud. she's, she's wearing the helmet mask and oh she meets Hank and oh let's get back together yeah and there's no answering of any question how did you survive what's going on here like it's one thing if it had been some kind of like like I said, or they, the science of how I was able to use Scott as an antenna. Yeah, oh, that's and so, good. Thank you. And so that enables Paul. That gives Paul Rudd a, a chance to a perform we, as perform, Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. as Janet. No explanation. I'm oh, so you proud put. A, of you, oh, what did my, you do? I dear. put a. I put an antenna in him. Oh, you're such a clever girl. All right, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not saying any of this is horrible or terribly, terribly written. But once you're not engaging me on all these other levels. On a level that I'm sure uh, as an online critic, film critic Hulk, as he's called, would say textually. I think you don't. <sighs> these other these other questions spring to mind because they're in a way more interesting than the film is that is being presented. I, I almost said uh, because they decided to throw in, hey, we're going to throw in Randall Park. Randall Park is a very funny Asian actor, and I love this guy. He's hilarious. And there's funny stuff. You know? They do funny stuff. I almost them. said, what if they made him the Lawrence Fishman, but then they'd have to age him in, uh, age him. But uh, that would have been that would have maybe a little bit more weightier, you know. Um, throwing some, throwing Randall Park, and rather than the the funny <laughs> the funny uh, 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 G man, you know, like you know where it's like a little uh, goofy, I'm on to you, Scott. I'm a little goofy, hey, a little a little yeah yeah. We'll, go out for I dinner, guess we'll right? be seeing, you know? I guess no, but you know, all right, you won this round, Lang, but I'll I'll be seeing you again. Oh my God, I hope they don't do this. <laughs> At some point, uh, his character's name is Jimmy Woo, right? Yeah. Shield decides to like you know they recruit, recruit him, him, and then he becomes like a regular uh, of Shield. No, please don't do that. <laughs> like he becomes a new like Coulson of the of of, of Phase Four. Oh God, I don't. Please know. don't do that. Oh, part gosh, of me I... actually does is just to give him <laughs> some more visibility. But we're seeing a new phase, right? Um, uh, anything else really I want to get to about this movie? Um, <laughs> like I said, um, I even felt that there was a kind of sense of Goliath, the Goliath project. Um. 
a pulling, uh, like I said, that there was a sort of an emergency break on everything. And I, I know we disagreed about this, but I even think on a certain level, the acting. I'm not saying that Rudd was bad. I'm not. I saying say that, that it's about bad. it's a script um, thing. Which, by the way, the script even the, even then you can still have given more. It's in my. It, there's something about the way Rudd talks to his daughter in this movie, and it's like all of his line readings are like that. It. it, it I, I'm not. These films now. Yeah, those are good. To me, they're they're okay scenes. They're yeah, good yeah. scenes. Um, I, I just wanted to mention Peyton Reed does come back to direct. Um, Peyton Reed, who directed, who directed the, first the first one, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the first one, which uh, was originally, um, um, uh, was supposed to be what's his face? Uh, yeah. Um, Ed, uh, Edward, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Right. Edgar Wright. Right. Um, and t- um, Peyton Reed takes this, and um, the first film this... is a, his first film's a masterful little mm-hmm. little superhero. Movie. Here you have a writing team of uh, Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, and Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is in this, and it kind of shows in in. You know, and I don't. I, I'm surprised that, that because again, there's just, there is just a sense of everything's just good enough. And I, it I, didn't seem like Kevin Feige was standing over them and saying, "No, I don't like this." You know, like he, I actually, again, Ed, really? I, I, like I, he, I have a feeling that it, that all, that all of these films have this because look, a lot of online fans have this sort of instamatic defense of it and they'll say, well, no, no, no. All the Marvel films, they do have a... They, they don't have just a house style. It's not all formula and they do have... They do have a flavor to them. My... I disagree. I just do. At this point now, and this is why I want to start talking about the wider Marvel Universe to kind of end this out with. You know, we're 10 years into these movies. They even the film that I dislike the most, Thor: The Dark World, is on its merits not a horrible movie, not offensively bad in any sense of the word. Okay, now not is offensively... it only okay because of the technology, meaning and, and the budget and the CGI? Could you do any of these movies? I mean, but but so but but even you know, John, in the nineties, J- J- yeah, Eve, John, even on the level and of think the, that the acting was as, good. as Ed as Ed says, even on the level of the scripts, they're not on the on the bare bones of it horrible, but they're they've Serviceable. been too <laughs> yes, they've been perfunctory is a word you use. <laughs> more often it's than the word not, of the day. we're not we're not in this level now where where there's that anticipation level where like okay Marvel first phase which includes I would say Iron Man one Iron Man two the first Captain America and the first Thor movie right all leading up to the first Avengers film um if you really look back at that without rose tinted glasses all right and break it down film by film. All right, Iron Man 1 is a great superhero movie that inaugurated this all. A great superhero movie and a great movie. Captain America is merely serviceable. It What did Ca- the first Captain America movie, the first Avenger, give us? It gave us Evans in the park, and he's magnetic, and you fall in love with him as a character. You love him as Skinny Steve, and then throughout his... But the movie But the rest of the movie like, around him yeah. isn't great. Yeah. All right, Iron Man 2 is an inert movie. 
And it has nothing to do with people... A lot of people online especially will say stuff like, well, it's because they threw in all of these connections to the other Avengers movies, and that's why it's not a good movie. No, you could cut all of that out, and it's still just a nerd. You don't care about anything that happens. There, there's no real big sense of stakes, and here I, everything is just kind of like okay. This is it's even good on enough. A, it's on. Wait, a, wait, wait, let me finish. All right, all right, all right, all right. finish up. The please. Incredible Hulk. I have a soft spot for. I really like that movie. Yeah, so do I. But it's not a great movie. It's pretty good. It's not a great movie. You and I disagree about the Thor film. I adore it, but even I will also say. Yeah, probably could have used a hundred more million dollars more for scope and everything else. I can direct a production of Thor one and in, in, in the in his backyard in right, the right back now. Backyard. Right now, but okay, but that's what, and then we get to the really the great another great movie in the phase one, the first Avengers. First Avengers is a great movie. All right, just looking at that phase one, what I just said, the majority of those films, not horrible, but the majority of them are mediocre. They're eh, they're okay. They're good enough. And what these films all have in each phase is sort of a, there's a genialness to them. There's a, there's a, oh, you like these characters. Yeah, I like these characters. Do something with these characters. Now, uh, Make well, a memorable story with these characters. One of the things that kind of, if, if we, any sort of a takeaway excitement factor here, it's that uh, we had a, some speculation discussion about, um, now they've brought things into a quantum verse because spoiler. Okay. Oh yes. Scott okay, okay. Scott is stuck in the quantum realm because well, 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 the post credit. Before we get into that, I just want to finish up. What do you think about that? What I'm saying before we talk, because that is a, a slightly. I'm in point. agreement. You're in agreement. You think and and John, what do you do? You think do you think that having seen the majority of these Marvel movies, we're ten years in, that the Infinity Wars are the exception. The Infinity Wars. The Civil Wars, the but Winter that, Soldiers, the Black Panthers, they're the exceptions. The rules are mostly, yeah, they were okay. Yeah. There's a lot of witty, funny humor that carry a lot of the films. But not anything I, 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 else, I, really, I, that kind of like... Let, yeah. let me just also explain something. I feel that even though... Because we're looking at the evolution of these movies from, from, from Marvel Studios. And yes, we're 10 years in. Um, that doesn't mean that there's no way does that really translate to, oh, the next one's going to be like, it's going to be, if they decide to come out with... Um, no, but it does... Uh, New Warriors. New Warriors Eternal. Let's, let's whatever they've Eternal. got going on, right? But remember, that's the very reason why we love movies like Deadpool. The, that's why we like Deadpool, because of how witty and silly and funny... Yeah, but, but Deadpool it, also engaged you on all the other. And levels. Here's why. And here's that's a great. That's a great example. It was over the top. And with here's why. Because radar. it's about the passion of the, the whoever whoever is going to hold reins. Now Deadpool worked because Ryan Reynolds. The first Deadpool, yeah. There was it, it a was lot a of passion. passion that went that went into it. That, and the second it one, wasn't eh, you know, kind of corporate. It wasn't focus tested. Yeah. It wasn't. Let's make this movie for all quadrants. Now the concern now here it seems that is a concern has it, it, will Kevin Feige continue on with the with with these with dad jokes passion yeah passion yeah you projects. know what you're John you hit the nail on the effing head the humor in most 
Marvel movies, even with a genius like a Taika Waititi, mm. is is well, this makes somebody's dad laugh. Does it? Okay, all right. This is what we this is what we want here. Your dad and your mom laugh. Okay, all right. And that is what they put a lot of thought and time and effort into. And then everything else is just like, ah, oh, we'll just do it. It's a superhero movie. Who mm. cares about this? Who cares yeah. about the physics? Who cares about the, the the logic? Who cares about the passion of the characters? It's just like, and that is what I'm feeling. No. This is the film that finally I go. I went like, looking back on the entirety of the filmography of the Marvel Studios. For the most part, I'm seeing a lot of mediocrity. I kind of not wanna, terrible, but not great. I, I want to just probe and like, what's a good film to you? Like a really like, like a film with teeth on it that that you really look up to. I love the Prestige. Okay. Well, did it have to be Mar- Marvel? No, uh, any any movie, any movie. Yeah, I like the Prestige. With, like- let's say within the past five five or ten years. And uh, you know that's an interesting take because I also th- I think that. That's a Nolan movie. Nolan has an issue with emotions and especially humor. Mm-hmm. He's not great at it. All right, you look at some of his other movies, like again, um, um, Inception. Beautiful, very, very intricately written, but a somewhat cold movie. Most of his movies are very cold. The yeah. Prestige is one of his few hot movies. The Prestige gets you emotionally. Yeah. Um, I'm. I want to bring one up, and um, and this is and this ties back into I think the fanboy like demand how we're shaking our fists and we go we demand this, Fury. Um, you know, uh, this past week my my best my best friend gave me a, 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 a the Blu-ray of Fury, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, and I saw it recently, and I go this. Is a Such movie a with solid, wonderful solid, movie. and it's got teeth. Well written. The the it. characters have weight. Um, you know, down to John Bernthal when when he, when when they're like, you also, know, I'm, we're, we're going to make her stand. Also with Michael Pena. Michael Pena. That's also right. Michael Pena. Um, yeah, and here's what I here's what I mean when 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 you when you're giving characters Dear weight. Your God shows his range. Yeah. Right. Um, the guys in that in, the, in this tank in the in this Sherman, they're down to their last. Several rounds of whatever to make they have to make the stand to stop the Nazis from coming into this town. Okay, and uh, Brad Pitt, who leads this, this, this. this, uh, Have you ever seen Fury? Yeah, you've seen Fury. They have to make their stand. All right, and Brad Pitt is saying, "No, we're not going. We're going to make our stand now." John Bernthal, who's you know he's the the kind of the, the the rough and edgy asshole of the group. Oh. Oh man, I'm gonna die. Oh fine, fuck it. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay right. and fight. You know, knowing well, that they have to right, do right. what they have to Th- do. There's some t- now. Let me let me let me let me actually let me use a different World War II movie as an okay. example here right. because I think Fury is a little too heavy for the comparisons to for a Marvel movie, right? Right, but I'm just make, put, putting I'm, that I'm as an okay, example. So let right. me let me let me let me insert You're a different comparing. movie. World War Two Nazi fighting, <laughs> well, but not just any kind of, of a very heavy film. Yeah. Let me get, let me let me insert something else which has a flavor very similar to. Okay, Marvel. okay, okay. Kelly's Heroes. Right. Here's a movie that is a funny <laughs> movie. It's it's a halfway to being a comedy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Kelly's Heroes. Tons of laughs in that movie. Tons of laughs. But you are still... There you go again with your negative waves. Negative waves. <laughs> it's a beautiful bridge. It's a great bridge. And it's going to be there. 
Um, uh, it's the kind of <laughs> it's the kind of movie where it's very very funny and very fast paced, very broadly drawn characters, but everything still has weight. Yeah, you're it's still a war you're, film. In, you're you're engaging. It's a war heist movie. You're engaged with these characters. You take the situation that they're in seriously so that when there is moments of tension, it's real tension, despite that there might have been a joke 10 minutes ago. When they get under fire at one point in the film on their march, a bunch of them get killed on the way to the heist. It's a serious movie that's built on a punchline, and the punchline is this. We're going to split our our booty with the Nazis. With the Nazi, the last Nazi defending that place. That's the punchline. And then, well, no, the punchline is really is that um, 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 Archie Archie Bunker, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, uh, Carol, Con- Carol, yeah, Carol Connor's Connor. character in the movie, thinks that this is a crack group of his troops <laughs> that are taking charge and kicking nah. ass and they get yeah. to the French town <laughs> right after they've cleared out of the gold and everything. It's a brilliant film yeah. that balances all these things out that but still has it's bite. Thought still has in. weight to mm-hmm. it. Has commentary about a lot of things but was still funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Again, can Clark watch it? Kill these heroes? Yeah. And enjoy it. I want to say get it. Uh, get it? Maybe not, but enjoy it. Yes, probably. Okay. It's not probably. a. It's not a. It's not platoon, John. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not. It's. It still has this funny. These funny. I don't even. Have the you, point I'm making is. Have you seen? Have you Disney seen? Movie. Have you seen yeah. Kelly's Heroes? Uh, I don't think so. You. Oh my god. Yeah. It's, Clint it's Eastwood one of those. Movie. Clint Eastwood movie seventies. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's if you took Mash. Uh, where Eagles Dare. Uh, if you took do, Mash do you know and who, the Dirty do, Dozen. Do you know who Donald Sutherland is? He's Kiefer's dad, right? Don yeah, Sutherland's yeah. a great, a great American, a great Canadian actor. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he's a, he's a tank officer. He's a he, you know, commands a tank, but he's the hippie guy. He's of the this group. totally anachronistic yeah. hippie character. Hippie character, right? In, and in he's the, like, so what did you do? Like back in the said, you know, I was a saucier. A what? <laughs> you know, sauces and shit. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a, like, you know. <laughs> he's, like, yeah, very much he's like, a guy who's always like, you know, he's, like, basically, here you with, go again. With and let me put it how influential that character is. Um, Oddball is the commander of the tanks, John. Um, they go into battle. When they go into battle with his tanks, because he doesn't want to fight. He, no, they, he keep, doesn't. they keep pretending they're like... They're like, oh, we may need some armor on this. I know a guy. They meet, they introduce Clint Eastwood's character to his character, and he's like, "What are you guys doing here?" And it's like you can see, like his guys are just like, they're on something. All right, all of his dudes, they're on something, and they're just lazing about. And it's like, what's so? What are you guys doing? It's like, ah, uh, well, we keep just telling them that like, we've just come off of frontline battle, and so they think we need to rest, and then we just keep resting. <laughs> but but when they go into battle. As a unit, they're actually quite deadly, and they have speakers on the outside yeah. of their tanks. And what do they do in the middle of their fights? But they blast <laughs> Hank Williams Senior. <laughs> Songs like that, and that's Coppola must have seen that mm. and said, "I'm taking that and I'm using that for my air cavalry scene in, in Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now." Um, so point, the point is that you know you can do you, a film that has wide appeal and has humor, 
but things, the characters still matter. Things have weight. The situations have weight, especially in a superhero movie, which, as I said, a superhero story is essentially an action drama. No matter how bright the colors of the costumes are or absurd the situation and, and, now, and the characters now, are. Now, the other thing, a huge issue is that because this is a corporatization of, of, of big-budget movies, you know, where um, you've got a year to come up with the whole entire production schedule. You've got three months to come up with a script. Yeah, it's, you know, where something like Kelly's... Yeah, like I get Kelly's, that. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it's... It's, it's, it's not a personal vision person. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 and it's factory. Is a, and that's, that's the... Right. But the, see, that's essentially... Industry. Ford T model. Yeah, it's industry. I do have a feeling that there has it. And I think the problem with talking about these things online is that people who are passionate about Marvel characters who enjoy Marvel characters, I, they don't want to see this. They're, it's like, oh no, these aren't factory. It's like, guys, it's well. There's, well, there's a, almost. But a the sense argument, the argument also this, is that, in, sorry to say, you know, uh, Infinity Wars is also that's pretty factory industry. Yes, but uh, but, but it, it, it runs on all cylinders. Yeah, because where where everything is engaging mm-hmm. and the characters are engaging and the action is really well done, like it's done on its highest level. Here, for too many of these Marvel movies, like a Doctor Strange, like Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, I, even, I honestly think even something as good as a Thor Ragnarok, it just feels like it's just getting done. Can we get it? You know, because it's funny, is we talked a lot about, we didn't even talk about a lot of the events in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which is a problem, I think, actually, because it was like, oh yeah, they go on a chase, they eventually, it's all about trying to get Janet out of the quantum realm. They do. Uh, the issue is that Ghost wanted to bring her out, and what she wanted to do was take energy out of Janet to heal herself because Ghost had this issue with her phasing flowers. Blah 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 blah. They get Janet out, and Janet somehow has healing powers. <laughs> this pulled out of their asses idea that suddenly Janet has. Healing powers that come out of her. Okay, hands. okay, I know what you're getting to. All right. So some call it I, science. Some <laughs> call it magic. Isn't that a part in Luke? Right? Yeah, yeah, from uh, yeah, from uh, Thor. Yeah. And uh, here comes the the business uh, the, the the Disney deal with uh, Fox. with Fox. All right. I have not seen anyone talk about this online. This is all me. But I told you as soon as we the film was over, I said. The finale for this film was reshot. And I cannot help but think that there are specific things that Janet talks about that is the backdoor pilot for the mutant characters being brought into the MCU. Well, the one, the, the, the first thing she says is... Uh, okay, so, so I, we'll, we'll sort of just frame this for you. They're they're on the rooftop of that building doing an experiment, all right. And basically, Scott needs they're going to zap Scott back into the quantum realm right. to fetch some some of that energy, that, that healing, healing energy. energy. Right? Yeah, which yeah, with that the stupidest idea of the you know. wait, man. I could use some of that healing yeah, energy yeah, yeah. right I get now. It, get the hell out of here, Bushmaster. Is We're trying to finish this up. <laughs> it's the nightshade. Bit. All right, so <laughs> so okay. Even before that, when Janet and Hank finally meet. 
Hank is like going through some. He's almost going crazy because of the quantum realm. Mm. She finds him. She heals him or something, right? Then they're sitting inside the their their quantum bubble or whatever, and uh, their the quantum submarine thing. And she's like, um, you know, how did you survive? And he says, this place changes you. I'm not the person. I'm not quite the woman you knew. It's not just adaptation. It's evolution. It's evolution. And, and like, they leave huh? that hanging. <laughs> and it's a very odd thing because they there was no talk about that for mm. the entirety of the movie. And suddenly she drops it in like this lead weight. Later on in the film, the idea is that in order to, I guess, fully cure Ghost, they're going to go back in the in this post credit scene. They're sending Scott back into the quantum realm to, uh, to get some of this healing energy and collect it. Scott goes in. He collects it. Right before he goes in, Janet tells him, hey. oh, you got to be careful, and hey, you really got to look out for these time tunnels or whatever that are in, you know. All right. Long story short, this film takes place, this moment in the film takes place at the exact moment where in Infinity War, the Thanos snap happens. did the snap right. and erased half of life. And we've already the seen the, the, the production um, We know that as Scott is somehow... Scott is going to be in Avengers 4... In what capacity, we don't know. Sure, yeah. but I said to you, I said, okay, so, um, Janet, there's like a lead balloon, there's this lampshade of evolution. And then, look out for the time just hear me out, listening public, okay? If Avengers 4 does contain a time travel element, right... And everyone is saying, well, how do you integrate the mutants into the MCU? And because of the big question is, well, how could they have been there all along? What's going on? Let's say that Scott is stuck in the quantum realm, and how he gets out to join this, the story in Avengers 4 is he gets into one of the time portals or whatever, and it's two years or whatever later after he's left, or, however, or whatever amount of time has passed, Okay. And somehow, someway, in what they're doing, they unleash an energy from the quantum realm into the past. Redcon! And this allows the sudden, like, well, where are the mutants? They've always been here? Now they have. Yeah. <laughs> now they have been so here. So it goes all from, like, Gene to Wanda! <laughs> or, you know. Or whatever. Or, or whatever. suddenly now you can have a whole, like, Oh, time has been changed, and now Wanda is a mutant. Mm-hmm. Maybe time changed and the circumstances of, of Quicksilver's death. We can have that. We can have a, a Charles Xavier. We can have Franklin. And, <laughs> all of that. Maybe the, that. Maybe this is how we get the Fantastic Four. I don't know. But I, it's, I, I think that the film was reached, the ending was reshot in response to, to, to the deal with Fox now. Mm. It feels less like a creative, like, and more like a, we've already wrote two endings. And if the deal goes through, I, I just wanna, we have to shoot this and have this. I just want to inform the audience just, just a bit about what's been new with the deal, the, Fo- the, the Fox Disney deal. Everything's sort of going easy peasy. And then yesterday I read that there is a shareholder in Fox who is, he just filed a lawsuit to sue yeah but that's gonna that's yeah i know i know i'm just saying like 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 
like somehow there are um there's always there a wrinkle counter... that keeps, there's always a wrinkle that keeps coming up <laughs> but it's a fait accompli it's happening it's going to happen okay so um yeah I mean, by the way that was uh, when I went first to first saw Ant-Man and the Wasp when the dusting happens in the post credit scene there was a guy that was next to me he was like, oh, my God. And I was like, really? Really? Now, I... How how surprising could this be? Now, now my reaction was, I I give up. You know, really? like... No, but, but then you, you, you sort of, like, had to pull me back on Earth, you know, which is basically... Um, no, the stakes are more higher for Scott. And, and it's true. Yeah, basically what they did... I just it- felt that you put... <laughs> Why did you watch make me watch a whole movie about this plot and you, then at the end you put pull the rug out the pims right through so much only for a snap I now and and again this this um I thought that yeah. at least hope would survive because you know you're talking about the same that was original, a little surprise yeah you know I thought that you're 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 saving the origin the, the the surviving mean, the surviving characters are the original Avengers literal literal, literal Avengers right. with with Ant Man and Wasp on I the team. I kind of felt like a like a kid building like the the greatest sandcastle and then some jerk yeah, just comes and kicks right. it all over pretty much and that's Thanos, that that's who Thanos of, is yeah. Thanos is the jerk who kicks over your sandcastle now it's uh <laughs> that in actuality it's Kevin Feige but um you know but that's I that's a that's a case of where I said just like that guy. Who had this over? Oh my God! Same to you. It's like, oh, you didn't see that coming. Like, of course it's going to be that. Of course they're going to make Hank. I'm, I'm sorry, of course they're going to dust the pims to give Scott the same type of motivation mm-hmm. that Thor had in Infinity War, mm-hmm. making it personal, making a character where you're invested in his need for vengeance or how he's going to turn this around. Uh, the one thing otherwise that, he doesn't have a lot now, of reasoning to be there. I think Marvel Studios. I think I think Feige is the the genius level. is that you know you've you're so invested in these characters and they just sort of want to pull at your heartstrings you know because after Cap, everything's over Cap is not going to be the same. I don't, might he might he even be alive. Tony he, he's not going to be right. around. Well, the, um, there's the there we they, have a connection. Like I have a connection to Scott. To I feel Scott, like Scott, you want to see him further, right? And you know Thor. what they are good at is making these characters very genial. There is, however, something to be said about compelling. I'm not sure the majority of these characters are compelling. But you can. They're but that's that's you like them. And that's you a like great thing to about around them. But the stories and it's like I'm not. Well, look, look, I'm look, at look, the look. point where I. Let's it's take only Thor. Let's take with, Thor. Takes three movies before you go. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. The fourth, uh, um, his appearance on Infinity War, where he has a whole. We got where we really get to right. look under the hood. Yeah. All right. Um. Now, like T'Challa's compelling. T'Challa his, at this point isn't compelling to me yet. He's not compelling to you. Not See, yet. I, I, I find him not that he's. I find him. There's him no Engaging and compelling, as compared to just being likable. Mm-hmm. Because from the first his his appearance in Civil War and then this, it's meaty stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I care about uh, th- things with consequences and some and again just weight. Whereas, you know, I mean, at this point, the Tony Stark character is his cotton candy. 
No consequences. Never really learns yeah. anything. <laughs> well, perfunctory. Yeah. Everything is perfunctory. It's just like it's a superhero movie, so we got to do these things. But what we I don't really have arc reactor anymore. These... But uh, but um, you know, um, I decided to stay as Iron Man, and here we go. Um, there's an arc, arc reactor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. I'm not Iron Man. I am Iron Man. I'm this. I'm the, okay. Wh whatever it is. There's that. I don't want to go on anymore. We've really said all we can about this movie. I, I, I the consensus for me is good movie, in the sense of y y yeah, it does what I guess it's supposed to do. But could you? Here's the, here's the question, Ed. The Herbie movies could you, come. <laughs> could you skip this movie and probably not miss a beat? Sure. Outside of do I want to know? I mean, these, I'm, yeah. These, it, the I'll info dump things. Mm -hmm for of next Avengers. So it's not even really working as that sign of like next chapter or you got to watch the next chapter. I don't I don't think I have to watch this movie. Ant-Man is to the Marvel as to Han Solo was to No, 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 no. No, I, no, I'm not, no, I'm no, not no, going no. to disagree. necessarily disagree with John on that I one. Disagree in the that. sense of even though I like the Han Solo movie a lot more. It was still a trifle. The first Ant-Man film was a trifle, and I've said it before, but it at least was an engagement. We said that it was an the engage tightest, one of the tightest movies. It's a tight movie. It's very entertaining, and it's much more engaging. Here, suddenly things like Bobby Cannavale. He was an actual character <laughs> in the first Ant-Man film. Now it's just like, now oh, come here, let me get... Now he's a weird lug. I yeah, don't even he know. Just, he just he wants to hug. He didn't even have a character. Yeah. Judy Greer completely wasted as the mm. wife. Um, it's like suddenly it's like well once again once they went from being semi antagonists mm -hmm. an obstacle for Scott to now oh we're congenial they lost anything that was compelling about them yeah. now they're just like hey honey oh come here big guy this is the issue I have yeah. can I, don't can think I just being say congenial um, en equals engaging or compelling uh, the the Herbie movies, the Herbie Disney movies. You know, there's a lot of car chasing going on. You know, uh, like I couldn't help but feel like this <laughs> was the Hot Wheels. Yeah, this is like a this is was indeed a Herbie movie. Um, what, what? Hey, when when if you can't do significant violence, right? The car chases, <laughs> right? If you can't have like characters doing like super badass kung fu to each other to the point where they're bleeding and mm. you know limbs are getting wrecked <laughs> yeah. yeah what was the most what was the most violent thing in this movie was there's one point where the hand in his throat right no you you had the reaction of when uh scott accidentally turns big and he punches ghost through the window Oh yeah, 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 and her mask gets cracked and everything. That's the most violent moment in the movie, and it's one of the greatest moments in the movie because yeah. it's an awesome superpower display of like, oh yeah, that's right, these powers. And that was another issue I had. I don't want to say I was going to try. That was another I had. I think the first film had a much more creative instinct about what it meant to shrink and grow. Here, that's it was so said. commonplace that you didn't get how dangerous. It really would be to be that size, like when well, uh, yeah, you know I mean, Scott's on the windshield, mm -hmm. and it's like, no, literally, we could almost kill this guy with just the wiper and the fluid. <laughs> that was inherently dangerous, but they didn't really get for that for the rest of the movie. No, they turned that into a joke. It's like uh, he's got the ants. He's like, "Come to me, ants." A seagull comes and swipes it away. <laughs> Three, like, oh, what? You know, you murders. <laughs> um, Again, it's funny. It works as a funny bit. 
And then, and then you're kind of. I, like, I here's here's the the grand summation, Disney, yeah. summation grand Disney moment to me. Um, Janet comes. Janet's back. All right, and uh, guys, we gotta go. The cops are coming, and they're all standing there. Every single character, one big happy family. Right. All right. It's Swiss. It's Swiss Family Robinson. Mm. Everyone's happy. We gotta get out of here because because five O. They're coming, and we gotta get out of here. I got an idea. And that's that's your ending right there. Oh, the whole executive giant, producer. That, yeah, the, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Let's put. Well, up the, literally out of nowhere. Again, this goes to the perfunctoriness of it. There's like that moment happens that you're describing, and like Scott's like, I got an idea how we can do this, and so he grows the suit to <laughs> yeah, yeah. gigantic proportions, and then shrinks it down as a distraction, and so they get away. And like right before that, Janet says, "I'm so proud of you, honey." Right. And I'm going like, why did that line just happen? She says it to Hope. I'm so proud of you, honey. And I'm like, wait, okay, literally Scott was the guy that just said the idea how they get out of here. Hank was the one who went in and got her. She didn't see Hope do anything. (laughs) Why is there, honey, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Literally in the past five minutes, you've not seen anything to be proud of hope. It's just there to be there. Just to be, oh, we need to show some emotional connection between hope and her. Just as we were saying about, you don't really feel the the relationship between hope and Scott. I, I don't want to go I don't want to go I know what will cheer you. I know what will cheer all of us up. If all three of us got into apple a cider, I'll tell you that much. Convertible with a, with a with a six pack of apple cider, watching a uh, watching a, a an outdoor uh, driving theater. That's what we got to do. Just like the way. Oh wait a minute! These guys were watching a movie on a laptop because they've been shrunk. Yes, <laughs> yes. A joke your dad would like. <laughs> Bringing it all back together. So I think that's all we really have to say about. Uh, I don't want to make it sound like we thought this was a terrible movie. Um, You're saying that now, with the liquor in hand, and uh, I mean, if we replay that right now, someone's going to say, "Man, this guy, this Miguel, he's like really, really surly, really surly, and really surly." You know, the more you drink, the lower your standards get. Again, with the that meant, but that mean I would like it more. Ladies and gentlemen, he again, he's got to do the. He's got to kiss the bottle while he drinks. Now, do you realize now you're saying, well, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> you know what? You, I, you know what? You kind of remind me of you. You're like the guy in, in the Western bar, the Western saloon. You've got the, that's not sort of, not really a derby hat that you've got there. It's, it's not a, a fedora. What is it? It's, it's a trilby. Okay, fine. And you've got you know, the... You know what a trilby is, don't you, Ed? Oh, what it is? I trilby. guess that's... that's a, trilby, a trilby is a hat. It's made from the douchiest part <laughs> of the pork pie and the fedora <laughs> mashed together. And he's got the uh, the vest. Got my vest on. All right. My, it's a Western vest and a, I got my, the San Miguel shirt that I got, I got you from San the Philippines. Miguel, Filipino beer shirt on. <laughs> I'm living the life, people. You're um, California life. Westworld. Yeah, you, meets you're in Westworld, sir. <laughs> Let me ask a question. Which, by the way, I does that I, mean? Santa Lathan, she's 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 in Westworld, isn't she? Who? who who's the one who was in uh, who was in? Um, Thandie Newton. In, in Thandie Newton. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Thandie Newton. So, am I, am I getting some of that action? Is that what you're saying? Not looking like that, that, sir. <laughs> All right, man. 
Thandie Newton's out of my she's out of my my league anyway. I don't know. Um. Well, you know. Yeah, do we have anything this, coming this, up for, is, for our next show? Um, I it's guess we, be got, an we got nothing. <laughs> Ed is going to invite my mother in here. Yeah, we had this we'll, whole discussion about. We're not like, going to get into my mother, but we'll. Uh, well, hopefully, we'll get uh, Chris Robinson and Craig Robinson on the show. Yeah, that's that's some you're weird. That's if you're out weird, there, Craig. That's some weird trivia. If you're out there, Craig, uh, this guy that your brother Chris is working with is a madman. We are in line. He on the thinks con- you're an Uber. Driver. We're in the concession stand. He thinks you're an Uber driver, Craig. We're, we're in the concession yeah, stand, man, folks. So we're in the concession that, uh, stand, and Jonathan's yeah. like, "Yeah, I was mixing uh, Craig Robinson's brother, Chris Robinson," and I'm like, y- "Are you joking?" No. And you're like, joking. "No, you're not. You really are mixing." Chris. So, Robinson. so yeah. Pancake Studios on top of the world here, ladies and gentlemen, on top of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give a shout out to my man, Chris. Do we have music. anything up for our next show at the moment? I don't know. I don't we'll, know. We'll, we'll I figure, mean, uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Man and the Wasp was kind of. I, I want to do a Westworld Summer show. Summer is undefeated, Ed. Summer is undefeated. We still have yet to do a Superman show. We're gonna have a perfunctory show. We have got nothing. What have we got in our horizons, Aquaman? But that's all the way that's, down. Yeah, we don't even Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Shazam. Um, we'll 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 get around to something. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, people. If you're at home, pop one open. We're gonna have me. a glow uh, show, aren't we? I wish we did have a glow oh, show. I, honestly, I'm not me, actually not opposed to doing me, a glow show. You need to give me like I don't two or three weeks show. to make sure I watch everything, though. I think we should do a glow show. Well, anyway, until next we're time. wrapping it up here because this show is perfunctory. <laughs> and so, until next time, to be continued. To be continued. Continue. continue. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.